Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are joined by Chrissy McKenzie to talk about breed-specific legislation or better known as uh, BSL. So Chrissy is the founder of Miss Dixie's Foundation, assisting in over 40 rescues and nonprofits in Ontario with food and supplies and who are also strong advocates for dogs under this breed specific legislation we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm personally very, well, sadly excited to talk about this. Um, I don't know a lot about BSL and uh, I can't wait for Chrissy to teach us some stuff. So let's dive right in. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and McKenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we are joined by Chrissy McKenzie, who will be chatting with us about a breed-specific legislation, again, better known as BSL in Ontario. So welcome, Chrissy. Thank you. Glad to be here today. Hi, Chrissy. Thanks so much for joining us. You came highly recommended by our podcast darling, Lily Romeo from Leader of the Pack. So Lily has been on the podcast twice. And uh, we said, who do we talk to about BSL? And she instantly said, Chrissy. Oh, we love Lily. My dogs love Lily. (laughs) I think all dogs love Lily. (laughs) She's the best. All right. Well, um, before we get started today, can you give us a quick intro to yourself? And of course, can you tell us a bit about your pup? Okay. Yeah, I have a few of them. So I run Mystics Foundation out of Waterloo, but we have several locations across uh, southwestern Ontario. But uh, my big thing is advocating for dogs under uh, Dola BSL because I'm just working with so many different breeds, so many different dogs. There's nothing wrong with these dogs. So I, my adopted dogs are, they're not pit bulls. Pit bulls, just a blanket term for some dogs, but these are mine. This is Peter. We are looking at the the cutest dog ever right now for anyone who's wondering. (laughs) You can't see him, but he's adorable. He was from a backyard breeder. And um, they were left out in their own pee and poo and that. So we rescued them through Tyson and friends. And then this is Dixie. I don't know if you can see her. Oh, we sure can. <laughs> so Dixie's my old girl. She uh, was dumped by somebody and I was fostering her and ended up being a foster fail because she's like my perfect dog. She can go anywhere. We go out with Lily. She can walk through the mall. She can go to a restaurant. She just, just a good girl. Working on that with Peter. <laughs> Love that. That's amazing. So two dogs. I have another one downstairs. Um, he's an old guy. Um, he tends to not like too much going on. So he just wants to sleep. Whereas these guys, they just want to play in here with mom. <laughs> nice. And what is what is the old guy's name? That's Birdie. He's also a rescue. 
and he was on death row. So yeah. And he's the sweetest. All such amazing dog stories and a great reason why uh, rescuing and adopting is so awesome. So all right, Ken's want to kick us off. Yeah. So thank you, uh, Chrissy for that wonderful introduction to your dogs and a little bit of who you are, but let's dive into the topic of breed specific legislation. So to get us started, can you just tell us, um, high level, what is breed specific legislation in Ontario? What does that mean? In Ontario, breed specific means, um, banning a type of dog based on looks. So in on August the 29th, 2005, against the advice of uh, experts, including the Ontario Veterinary Association, Liberal Michael Bryant implemented breed-specific legislation banning on um, American Pitbull Terriers, on um, Staffordshire Terriers and Staffordshire Bull Terriers. And within that, he put in substantially similar. So now with that clause, we have about 22 different breeds that could kind of fit in there, um, especially mutts. So essentially it's hurting BSL hurts us. It doesn't help us with bites because um, basically there are no scientific facts that these dogs are any more aggressive than another dog. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. I feel like my, I mean, my dog is American bully mix. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he could definitely be misinterpreted for sure under that, like, substance. What did you, what was the language you use? Substantially similar. And I don't know if you heard the case. And Vaughn, Vaughn Animal Services recently um, confiscated a dog that was an American bully. And American bullies are not under Dola. He had papers and everything, and they still took them. So basically, with the legislation that we have, a lot of dogs aren't safe. It's a lot of um, animal controller abusing their powers and using that as an excuse to take away an innocent family dog. So question around that. So do these animal officers have some sort of test they conduct? Do they do a DNA test or is it all just by looks? Like if I basically by looks and they'll do measurements. But, you know, like different breeds have the same, you know, measurements, especially um, when you get with mutts and stuff. A lot of them are very similar in stature and that. And um, personally, knowing my dog breeds, uh, an American bully is nowhere near the measurements of an actual American pit bull terrier. So by them confiscating, you know, this dog, it, there's no way. Wow. Okay. Well, this, this will segue into our next question. So you kind of touched on this already, but really why does breed specific legislation exist? So they passed this new legislation in 2005, like where did this come from? Why did this even kind of come to be back in 2005? It's basically a knee-jerk reaction due to, uh, you know, a pretty bad dog bite. But you can get a pretty bad dog bite from almost any breed. Um, the bigger they are, the worse the bite. Um, and then all this media misconceptions with, like, lockjaw. There's no scientific fact that they have lockjaw. 
So, and, you know, we even had um, somebody prominent in our community on a podcast saying that um, bullets ricochet off their heads. What? What? So by (laughs) this fear-based media and people, you know, people speaking like this way on social media, it just promotes like a bigger stigma against these innocent dogs and a prejudice where there shouldn't be one. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that kind of catalyst event that you're talking about back in 2005. So there was literally like a single bite incident that got tons of media traction. And that was what really set it off. Yeah. A knee jerk reaction. Let's ban all these blocky headed wiggle bumps. Basically, that was it. Instead of placing owners responsible for the actions of their dogs, regardless of breed. Yeah. Wow. Where did that happen? I believe this was Toronto. Hmm. And obviously it was a pit bull that was involved. Yeah. But a lot of people call their dogs pit bulls and um, many advocates call their dogs pit bulls when they're not in fact pit bulls, which I think is a big um, no-no in advocacy. Most of them are mutts. Most of them are mixes. You get the DNA test. Most of them are like mixed with Staffordshire Terrier or something. So it's not fair to put this stigma. So is an American Staffordshire Terrier not a pit bull? It's not an American pit bull terrier, but they put it under the pit bull umbrella. Pit bull is actually just a term. It's not a breed unless you bring in the American pit bull terrier, which we do not have in Canada. Although um, the Canadian Kennel Association, I was talking to a few people from there and they don't see why we don't have them in our um, Canadian Kennel Club because they're great at uh, different sports. It's a sporting breed. So fly ball and... They are, they're classic bully breed. I've seen them at different sporting events, not that the owners would never say they're American pit bull terriers or anything, but I've seen them and they are powerful dogs. If, if you watch those dogs weight pull, oh my God, it's insane. Um, so yeah, they're beautiful looking dogs. It's very sad um, that, yeah, this, this umbrella term is put over all of these different bully breeds because there's many different bully breeds and, and people like breeds out there. It's, it's silly in my opinion, but anyway, um, well, thank you very much, Chrissy. That was a, that was a great start. So now we know a bit more about what BSL is, and we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to talk more about the impacts that BSL and why it is so important for people to be aware of this critical issue. So stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we are joined by Chrissy McKenzie to talk about breed specific legislation. And in the first half of the episode, um, Chrissy gave us a really good background on really what is VSL and where did it come from? How did it start? Um, so my brain is spinning with lots of questions now because I don't know a lot about BSLs. So um, on to our next questions. Tens, you want to kick us off? Sure. Okay. So you shared what BSL is in the first half, but could you share with us more about the impacts that BSL has on dogs and dog owners in, in Ontario and why this issue is, is a big deal? Why is it so important? Okay, so basically, um, innocent dogs are being taken away from their families without having done anything. Responsible dog owners are losing their dogs just because of the way they look. And so then what happens is uh, animal control, they use your taxpayer money to confiscate these dogs, hold the dogs in the jail, and... Um, in a lot of cases, especially in the past, they, they were euthanized. Thousands of dogs, innocent dogs were euthanized when Michael Bryant implemented BSL. So you imagine like the money spent just killing innocent dogs and witch hunting these dogs. So yeah, your taxpayers money and, you know, the impacts on the family, mental health. I know with you know, the impacts of me, like it would be my mental health if I lost my dogs because they're my everything and they're innocent. They're sentient beings. They feel, they love, they bring a lot to the table. So I may be asking a little bit of a loaded question here, but do you think that, do you think that responsible dog owners with bully-like breeds can help? Absolutely, 100%. The biggest thing I think is education. Um, getting out there and educating people, bringing your, your well-behaved dog out, showing people that these dogs are not monsters, like they're portrayed in media, because it's basically the media, just scare tactics, scaring people with, um, you know, BS, all over, false news all over the media with these dogs. And um, anytime you see a bite, it doesn't get posted unless it looks like a pit bull. You know, it's that is big fat head. That is so true. Think about it. How many yeah. people are bit by chihuahuas a year and it's not a big deal or even uh, like golden retrievers or, or something less yeah. menacing looking. And then, yeah, you turn around and uh, it's a big, scary looking dog. And yeah, of course it's going to get blown up. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, everything. And, you know, they will inflict a bit more pain than, say, like a chihuahua would. But because there's so many different breeds piled into one, you know, you say like about 22 different breeds and put them all as pit bull. Of course, there's going to be, you know, more people saying that, oh, it's a pit bull bite when in fact it's it's a mud bite. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so tough because I mean, even just as a big dog owner, I find even the expectations on someone who owns a big dog versus someone who has a small dog, like the expectations are totally different. 
And then I feel you layer in that you have a bully breed or one that could be substantially similar. Um, and it's just like a whole other layer, way more expectation. Yeah. Right. The, um, the amount of like training and the tolerance of behavior that people in public have for my dog versus what a small dog can get away with. It blows my mind. Yeah. And that's why we want legislation that makes every dog owner responsible for their dog's behavior, like regardless of breed or looks, like just, you know, it puts the onus at the right side of the leash. It's not the dog's fault that the owner didn't train them properly. And we've got a lot of small dogs that people think that, oh, that's cute when it starts growling at people, you know, or getting feisty. It's not cute. And I don't know if you've ever been bitten by a small dog. It hurts. It stings. It actually stings more than it hurts. But um, yeah, it's not okay. No matter what the dog, um, we should all be responsible dog owners. And that also means fixing your dog. That's a big thing, especially with the bully breeds is um, if they're going to get confiscated, more get confiscated if they are an intact male. That's what I find. Um, So yeah, fix your dogs, keep them up to date on shots get training, you know, that's why we use Lily. We love Lily. You know, it's it's all about creating a calm for them. And that's what Lily does. And it seems to really work with my guys. They're passed out on the floor. So be a responsible dog owner, no matter the size of your dog. Yeah. And that can help everybody is what I got. (laughs) Off-leash dogs too. Can't stand because my dog personally, um, he's got anxiety. If there was a dog running at me, I'm his blanket. Like I rescued him. He will, you know, possibly hurt the other dog if it's coming at his mom and anybody else's dog, you know, he's leashed that dog's not. So it just makes me upset when people say, Oh, my dog's fine. And they let them run at your dog. And it's like, well, my dog's got some anxiety here. So that's another thing. With John I, yeah, I get really upset about that too, because we have a couple of small dog owners in the condo building that I live in. And a lot of them let their dog off leash or they have flexi leashes. Um, and they just often don't have any control over their dogs and their dogs aren't trained. And I have had multiple dogs charge at Marshall yeah. and luckily Marshall didn't react and do anything. But if if that was reversed, if that was the other way around, I would be told to get my dog out of the building. Yep. There's yep. no way they would let him stay here. Um, exactly. And it it terrifies me because I know that if a small dog runs at my dog and my dog bites it, it's my dog's fault. Yep. They'll always blame the bigger dog or if it has a boxy head, it's their fault. Even if they did nothing, people will always say, oh, it was the pit bull. He has a boxy head. And and this goes back to, this goes back to uh, what we were talking about before about like breeds and how similar looking they can be to what is called a quote unquote pit bull. Like if you have like a Rottweiler or um, some sort of, uh, you know, other larger breed, even a boxer, like if you, if you mix those together with certain types of dogs, you could get a pit bull looking like dog. So but then there you go. You fall under this blanket of um, this BSL movement and it's just, yeah, it's 
I find that mind boggling. That is insane. But uh, we've got one more question for you, Chrissy. Um, so actually, you you ask it, Justine. All right. So curious, what are the most significant shifts that have happened in the last few years related to BSL? And are there any significant changes coming down the pipeline related to this legislation? So right now, um, what just happened today, I don't know if you guys know, but Blue was released thanks to um, Lynn from Raw writing a petition. So she's really heavy into the uh, animal rights. And then Rob from Dogtails speaking with Doug Ford. Um, There's, yeah, there's lots going on behind the scenes with some amazing groups, Hershey anti-BSL group, um, talking behind the scenes to um, some key MPPs. And those key MPPs are uh, Michael Parja, Christine Hogarth, uh, Rick Nichols, and David Pacini. All of those ones have been made a significant impact on educating Mm -hmm. other people within their party and in their... Yeah, in their in their areas and that they've been fantastic. Um, Rick Nichols tabled a bill, Bill 147, to take out breed specific legislation. Um, unfortunately, they took a break in Parliament, and that got kiboshed. Um, he was also working on the Animal for Research Act because I don't know know if you guys knew if your dog they thought was a pit bull and Animal Control takes your dog, they can send it for animals used for research. So what? you're going to be a testing dog. Yes. And that's where a lot of the bully breeds ended up as well. Some shipped off to other provinces. But yeah, if you Google animals used for research, it's awful. That, what they oh can my do God. Wow. That is horrible. Yeah. Imagine being a dog owner and that happens. I can't even no. begin to think about it. But um, thank you. Chrissy, very much for all of that really important information. We're just going to take a quick break and we will be right back. everybody welcome back um we have a another lightning round segment for you so ken's cue the sound effects pew, 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 pew. oh that was a bad one today oh those are mackenzie's lightning sounds <laughs> that's what she envisions lightning sounds like all right so chrissy we are going to rapid fire ask you some questions and we're going to put you on the spot and you get to answer um as quickly as you can so First question, looking at BSL across Canada, how does Ontario compare to legislation in other provinces and territories? Awful, terrible, uneducated. Really? Yeah. So our, our whole province has BSL. And is that not the case in other provinces and territories? No, um, Calgary has uh, safer, kinder communities. So they basically base it on um, dog owners. Anything, you know, like something happens, it's 
the fault of the dog owners. Well, that just makes way too much sense now, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Just like kids, right? Like, <laughs> okay. So it's safe to say that Ontario across Canada, Ontario has the worst breed specific legislation. Yes. Okay. That is awful. All right, Ken's next question. Why are we the worst? Okay. <laughs> we are the worst for some things for sure. Because it's before profit. Yeah, that's bad. Okay. So say I own like a bully type breed or a pity type breed, fathead type breed. And um, I'm walking down the street and I get um, uh, uh, animal control officer approaches me and asks what my breed of my dog is. And knowing full well, my dog is say an American bully or whatever. Um, and I lie and I just say, oh, my dog's a boxer. Is there... Mm-hmm. Does that happen, first of all? And second of all, my second point of the question is owning a bully breed, what do you say to people? Okay, so is your dog leashed, first of all? Yes, I'm walking down the street like a responsible dog owner. Uh, You you said the breed. Um, He has no reason to confiscate. If he asks to come to your house, then you may have to provide papers, but he can't just take your dog based on that. They will try. And this has happened, uh, but it's usually, you know, off-leash dogs, irresponsible owners, complaints from neighbors. And people do complain, trust me. I see. So, um, so again, this is my second point to the question. So if I'm, yeah, if I own a bully or pity type dog, um, how do I, when people ask me what breed of dog I have, how do I answer that? Uh, most of them are mutts. So, you know, he's a bully mutt. Like all my guys, they're all mutts. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, my dog's not a pit bull. Like she's a mutt. Right, Dixie? Mutt. All right. I have another question. So how does dog licensing um, with your local municipality play a role in all of this? Like if you have a a pit bull type breed, are you going to run into issues licensing your dog or is that something you've ever heard of um I've not really heard about it I I've licensed all of my dogs just in case you know they get missing or something they've got a number you know for their protection and it's also to help pay for animal control in our community which we do need for some things not to confiscate pit bull type dogs but we do need animal control Right. And I would assume that if you were to come into an issue with animal control, that it's going to work in your favor as a responsible dog owner, if you already have your dog licensed. Exactly. Licensed and vetted. Licensed, vetted, and trained too is a big one. All right. Everybody get your dog licensed with your local municipality. All right. Is that the end of our lightning round? I think that's it. Thank you, Chrissy, for answering all of our questions. That is the end of our lightning round. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. You've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast, and we've been chatting with Chrissy McKenty about breed-specific legislation. So before we wrap up today, Chrissy, could you just tell us uh, what we as individuals can do to support the anti-BSL movement? How can we help? Um, contact your local MPPs 
and, you know, let them know why you think it's wrong and also give them feedback on what we can do to change that and make safer, kinder communities. So basically education, educate, educate, educate on, and yeah, just educate, bring your dog out, bring your bully breed dog out, you know, they're well-behaved and educate people on how good these dogs can be because they're all dogs are individuals. Just like, just like we are, we're all individuals. Some of us like to be around people. Some of us don't same with dogs. Yeah. Oh, what a great closing line. Well, thank you for that, Chrissy. Um, those are some great ideas, um, for ways that we can take action, but thank you for joining us today. I know you did already plug some websites, but if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, or if they want to learn more about BASL, how can they be in touch? And they can be in touch with me on Facebook under Miss Dixie's Foundation. We also have a website, uh, MissDixie'sFoundation.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Till next time. Thanks, Chrissy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Watching the time slip away